And so I actually ended up dropping out of high school, not once, but twice. I never graduated. And while all my friends were off to college, I was living with my parents, gaming up to 16 hours a day in their basement. I remember I was, I was drunk when they handed me my son in the hospital. They didn't know I was drunk. I worked with people who could stay abstinent from crack cocaine. And then they went back to prison because they could not stay abstinent from marijuana. They will send inappropriate pictures, primarily of their body parts. Our teens will send back their naked pictures or partially naked pictures. I had overdosed in eighth grade. I think that was shortly after I was suspended. Our teens are going through their hardest life transition in a world of rapid change and information anarchy. These are their stories and the advice from experts dedicated to helping them. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. I'm your host, Aaron Huey. I want to talk today, albeit a little briefly, about relapse. It's my intention to bring some guests on at a later time to talk more in depth about relapse, but I get a lot of questions about relapse, especially after kids are going to be leaving a facility or have gone through treatment, and even families with older addicts. And of course, the question is, does relapse have to happen? Is there always going to be a relapse? And it is said in recovery work that relapse is part of recovery. So a short answer for parents, teachers, and clinicians who are, you know, trying to support teenagers who are going through struggles. And let's be clear, we're not talking about drugs and alcohol. I want to always be clear of that because Fire Mountain is not a drug and alcohol treatment center. Fire Mountain is a treatment center. And we treat kids who struggle with drugs and alcohol. We treat kids who struggle with video games and running away and, you know, promiscuity and at all, at all levels of survival behaviors that we are using as a coping mechanism to mask the pain that we actually feel. That's addiction. So when we ask, is relapse going to happen? The easy answer is yes, in some form, in some way, there will be a relapse. Does that mean that if they were a drug user, they're going to use drugs again? Does that mean that if they're cutting, they're going to cut again? No. And I think one of the things that's important to remember about relapse is that the actual act of using or cutting or getting that relief through that negative compensation, that negative coping mechanism, is the last part that an addict goes through right before they're feeling a relief and then guilt. There are things that happen, five or six steps that are going to happen before they actually use a drug. That's what relapse is rooted in. It's rooting in not addressing the things that happen before we actually use, before we actually compensate, before we actually use a coping mechanism that causes more damage than good. Remember, the good that's being done by using whatever it is we use is very temporary. It is a significant amount of relief. There is payoff to using. There is payoff to the negative choice, the negative behavior. So to say that that's not going to happen, to say that we're not going to seek payoff through negative behavior doesn't make sense because it's going to be human nature. We are going to try to find a way to get our needs met. And getting our needs met means that there's desperation. Getting our needs met, feeling like our needs aren't getting met, 
acting in a way that is an expression of need is a way of asking for the support. And if we can't get it, if we don't know how to communicate it, if we don't trust it, if it doesn't bring us relief, we're going to keep trying to look for that relief. So yes, relapse is going to happen. Now, does that mean it all goes back to the very beginning? Does that mean we have to start over with recovery? Does that mean that everything that we learned was worthless and that treatment didn't matter or the 12 steps aren't working? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Here's the deal. When I took a year during the last few years of my drug use, I took a year off of smoking pot. And of course, that time I drank like a fish and used a lot of LSD. Then I started back on weed and those things started to fall away. When I finally decided to just stay abstinent from weed, alcohol, any type of drugs, any type of something I put into my body to help me deal with what's going on inside my body, I found myself in very codependent, very toxic relationships. When I began to really confront the codependency and the toxic relationships issue, the food issues started. At some point, you have to recognize that the problem is rooted in the person. It came to pass that I said, oh crap, this is about me. And until I deal with me, the pain's not going to go away. You have to deal with the root issue. You have to deal with the source of what's going on. When a child, when an adult, when someone's in recovery, when they're doing the 12 steps, that's the process is that they are going back to source, back to source, back to source. Keep going back to that center of that onion so that you can actually deal with what's really going on. The abandonment, the abuse, the trauma is something is underneath it. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's brain chemistry, right? Maybe, maybe the kid was born with a bad deal and he's got some brain functions that aren't firing at optimum. Well, you got to deal with that. You got to get in there and deal with that. And whether it's neurological or environmental, as long as you're dealing with the outside of what they're doing, the results, you're never going to get past these results. You're never going to get past the child's actions to actually get into why they're happening in the first place. It's, it's buried in there. So back to relapse. Truth is there's 37 signs of relapse. I don't have them all memorized. I have them printed up in the parents' weekend work. Pull it up right here. Relapse. Here we go. 37. Number 13 is daydreaming and wishful thinking. Number 15 is an immature wish to be happy. Number 20 is a lack of desire to take action. You see, the good about the list is that it allows you to look at the behaviors of the kid and go, oh crap, my kid who's in recovery process is in the stages of relapse. But if you're up to stage 20, that means there's 19 that you and the kid have missed. Now, you can't stand around with the list all day and say, oh, is that, what number is that? Okay, okay what is it? The, the child, the, the person suffering from the negative compensatory actions has to be able to take responsibility. And for an adolescent, that's really hard to take responsibility for everything. What I'm trying to say is relapse is going to happen, but not in the way you might think, and you can catch it early before it causes too much damage. What if there was a way to separate relapse into lapse and relapse? What if, what if there was a part of relapse that was just a lapse in judgment? All right. They, they go to a party and they smoke pot and they come home and they're like, Oh my God. They wake you up. They say, I smoke pot. I, I totally screwed up. I'm, I need to go back to a meeting. I want to call my therapist. I just want to let you guys know. I'm so sorry. I know we made a contract and I got some consequences. That's not relapse behavior. 
the decision to get high at the party was, but the response is not. The response is very appropriate for someone in recovery. If they start going through the daydreaming and having feelings like nothing can be solved and now they're irritated with their friends and also you're seeing the anger come back and the daily structure crashes down and now they've got deep depression and so they start using again, that's relapse. So we can have lapse and we can have relapse, but the truth is, is that lapses are relapse behaviors. So we can separate it. If that helps you as a parent determine the level of crash and burn your kid is acting out, that if that helps, use it. If getting 37 signs of relapse and posting them on the fridge helps your family, do it. If memorizing them and documenting your child's behavior for 30 days after treatment helps, do it. I see a lot of success after treatment, and it, it lasts a good anywhere from six weeks to uh, to three months, four months. And then something happens. It's part of it. As an addict, we always wonder if we can go back. With the media promoting it, you are constantly indulged with opportunities to escape. Alcohol, marijuana, where legalization has been voted for, video games, social media, anything that allows you to get some sort of chemical release in your brain so that you can walk away from your problems for a temporary amount of time. Those opportunities are everywhere, and everybody wants to take one. Everybody has some. Binge-watching TV, that's, that's our latest one. That's a big one. Is that relapse behavior? Well, by your third night straight of binge-watching, probably. So I think the questions really become is that what is really going on underneath the addiction? All right, what's, what's the source of the problem? Number two, what is the, the negative compensation activity instead of dealing with the source? And number three, when we decide to abstain from the coping mechanism that is harmful to us, what other ways are we going to find and how will we use them? People who struggle with diets, people who struggle, you know, oh, I only have a glass of wine every single night. Okay. At some point, your brain is requiring it. At some point, your body is craving it. At some point, it's three o'clock and you're wondering if you can push that glass of wine a little sooner. Those are things to look at. And to expect a kid to not go through them after recovery is ridiculous. So that's the short answer. Yes, there's going to be a relapse, but you have to look at all the relapse behaviors. No, it's not a death sentence. No, it doesn't mean you have to start over. And sometimes relapse is really, really bad. Thanks for joining me at another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. I want to thank Kristen Walker, our boss goddess at Mental Health News Radio, and Emily, my editor. And we will talk again soon. Remember, parents, take care of yourselves first, take care of your adult relationships second, and take care of your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our kids. 